0: This is from Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. And the better we understand the truth, the better equipped we will be to change the trajectory of our lives. Our thoughts shape our lives. There's an entire discipline in modern psychology called cognitive behavioral therapy, which tells us that many problems, from eating disorders to relational challenges, addictions, even some forms of depression and anxiety, are rooted in faulty or negative patterns of thinking. The life we have is a reflection of what we think which means that the person that you're going to be in five years or ten years has a lot to do with what you're thinking about today. Our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. If that's true, you have to ask yourself: Do I like the direction my thoughts are taking me? Uh, it seemed kind of all throughout the pandemic, as many people were left alone with their thoughts in isolation. Uh, people started to kind of unravel. Anyone else notice that? Uh, Mental illness seemed to thrive. Even those who seemed quite resilient were shaken. COVID was one pandemic to deal with, but the thought life of all of us was perhaps the greater illness wreaking havoc. Now, mental illness is of course, very complex. There are many factors in biology or neurology that can create complexity in dealing with mental illness. There are professionals, professionals for a reason, and I'm not a professional. However, I believe that Christianity has something to say when it comes to our thought life. I believe what it has to say can be transformative for us all. So do you like the direction that your thoughts are taking you? Are you eager to see a change? Are you hungry for a breakthrough, some kind of personal transformation? Uh, Hillcrest just launched a capital campaign, and the main emphasis throughout it was launching the next legacy. And it's amazing that so many of you leaned in and said that you wanted to be a part of launching the next legacy through sacrificial giving. And I don't mean to downplay the sacrifice it takes to give money toward a project like that. But again, as we said throughout that campaign, that legacy is really not about the money. It's about the impact that you have on people. And I was reminded that uh, this week through uh, a country song that legacy is inevitable. It's not a question of if, but how people remember you. Uh, Any rascal flats out there? fans out there okay this is a song called how they remember you i'd like to read you some uh, lyrics and we don't have to listen to the country music that way then (laughs) this is called how they remember you i love rascal flats by the way i sprayed my name on a water tower and i carved it in an old cottonwood tree i signed a bunch of high school yearbooks so they wouldn't forget about me But it wasn't until I saw my daddy's name in stone, I knew it ain't a question of if they will, but it's how they remember you. Did you stand or did you fall? Build a bridge or build a wall? Did you hide your love or give it all? What did you do? Did you make them laugh or make them cry? Did you quit or did you try? Did you live your dreams or let them die? What did you choose? Because when it all comes down to it, it ain't if, but it's how they remember you. When you're down to your last dollar, will you give or will you take? When the stiff wind blows the hardest, will you bend or will you break? You're going to leave a legacy no matter what you do. It's not a question of if, but how they remember you. Did you stand or did you fall? Build a bridge or build a wall? Hide your love or give it all? What did you do? Did you make them laugh or make them cry? Did you quit or did you try? Live your dreams or let them die? What did you choose? When it all comes down, it ain't if, it's how they remember you. See, Christianity is an invitation to eternal, abundant life, life in all its fullness. Are you embracing life in all of its fullness? And is that the kind of legacy that you will leave? Now, perhaps you're here and you're not a Christian. Maybe you'd like to just know more about this incredible hope that it offers. Perhaps you've been a Christian for a very long time, but you still feel like there's more. If you want to live an abundant life, if you want to leave a lasting legacy, you have to embrace ongoing personal transformation do you like the direction that your thoughts are taking you Uh, I'm Kurt Buchanan I'm on staff here at the church and have the privilege of sharing you with you today and kicking off this new series we're launching into a four-week series called winning the war in your mind this is a series based off of a book as well as a series by that same name by Craig Rochelle he's a pastor of Life Church. some of you will be familiar with uh, him and his church And if you have time and space for a little extra reading, I highly recommend the book. I believe it can be helpful to you and to others in terms of living more abundantly. What we're going to do here on Sundays over the next four weeks is to unpack four biblical principles that we all need to understand and begin to practice so that we can experience that transformation into the kind of people who embrace life and experience it in all of its fullness. So here's kind of the breakdown of what we're going to do. This is week one. We're talking about the replacement principle. We're talking about removing lies, and replacing them with truth. Uh, The second week, we're talking about the rewire principle, talking about rewiring our brain and renewing our mind. Week three, we're talking about reframing things. Reframe your mind, restore your perspective. Uh, Dave Wicks is going to be sharing with us that week. And then week four is the rejoice principle where we revive our souls and we reclaim our lives. And Kristen Martins is coming to speak to us that week, which I'm looking forward to. Before we hop into this week's uh, principle, if we are headed in the direction of our strongest thoughts, take a minute and ask yourself this question. I've given you a few times to think about this. Do I like the direction my thoughts are taking me? We're going to do a thought audit. So life groups, you'll have the chance to kind of go into more depth and take more time to do this. But I'd like to take a moment to consider where we're at with our thoughts. And I'm so glad that we just came out of the series we did talking about hearing God's voice, listening to the Spirit's prompting. And uh, let's invite the Holy Spirit now to search our hearts and help us in this process. I'm going to read a few statements out to you. I want to see if any of these stand out to you as particularly true of you. So here we go. Thought out. You can close your eyes, you can take a deep breath. Don't fall asleep, but let's do this thought audit. Are my thoughts tearing me down? Do you speak to yourself like a good friend? Or do you really let yourself have it? Are you harsh and unforgiving? Are my thoughts tearing me down? Do I think worried thoughts? Does my self-talk cause me to shrink back in fear? Do my thoughts cause me to keep people at a distance? Are my unhealthy thoughts keeping me from the life that God wants for me? Are my thoughts negative, toxic, or self-deprecating? Does my inner voice tell me I'm helpless or that life is hopeless? Do I find myself skeptical, Of others? Do I lean toward imagining worst case scenarios? Or are my thoughts building me up? Do I think peaceful thoughts? Does my self talk inspire me to take faith risks? Do my thoughts help me get closer to others? Do my thoughts reflect my faith? Do my thoughts reflect my hope in Christ? Do they inspire me to believe I can make a difference in the world? Do they equip me to become more like Jesus? Do my thoughts connect to the vision that God has for my life? So this week we're talking about the replacement principle. Now, perhaps one of those things jumped out at you. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. Everyone think about an elephant, okay? Everyone think about a pink elephant. Everyone think about a a pink elephant with polka dots. And the polka dots are the number seven. Okay, how many of you, whether you wanted to or not, had a very curious-looking elephant in your mind? Anybody? Just like that, I was able to put those thoughts in your head. So simply, just by saying, it's very difficult to keep thoughts out from coming in. They come at us from every direction. It's very difficult to stop thoughts from coming into our heads. And if I can make you think about a pink elephant with green polka dots riding a motorcycle, imagine what the devil can introduce to your mind or what thoughts your fallen mind can produce. And that happens second after second, minute after minute, hour after hour, every day. We need to understand that there's a battle happening in our minds. Ephesians 6, this is verse 12, says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have a spiritual enemy, Satan. It seems his dark forces have access and influence everywhere, both in this realm and beyond. There's lots of ideas about the devil, uh, Satan, the demons, and how it all works. Uh, But for now, let's stick to what Jesus said in a few verses here. Jesus said that the devil is a thief, and he has a threefold plan to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that Jesus and the thief are in opposition. This is John 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, our spiritual enemy wants to keep us from God and from the life that God has for us. He wants to keep you from intimate relationships with those that you love most. He wants to rob you of your inner joy and your peace. He wants to strip you of the fulfillment that you could have in being a blessing in the world. And How does he do this? lies. Uh, Houdini, the famous magician and escape artist. Anybody familiar Houdini? You've heard of him. Uh, he was kind of famous for being able to pick any lock. And he once said that he could get out of any jail cell within an hour. But one jail cell got the better of him. He went into the cell. The jailers closed the door behind him. And once he was inside, he pulled out a small wire that he had concealed in his belt. He began to try and pick the lock. He boasted that he could do this in under an hour. The hour came and went, and another hour came and went. Finally, he had to admit defeat. And then the guards revealed how they were able to keep Houdini behind the bars. Anybody know this story? How did they do it? They finally told him that they had simply lied about locking the door. It was open the whole time. In fact, I heard kind of one story about this that he actually kind of in frustration slumped down and bumped the door open. (laughs) In John 8, Jesus calls the devil the father of lies. He says, Jesus speaking, he says, "'Why is my language not clear to you? "'Because you're unable to hear what I say. "'You belong to your father, the devil, "'and you want to carry out your father's desires.'" He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. He was scolding a bunch of very religious types. I hope there's none of you here this morning. I don't want to offend you. Um, Jesus is often, I think, trying to speak to us. But we are so accustomed to the lies that sometimes we can't hear him. Many people in our part of the world kind of deny the supernatural and especially the idea of a devil. But he's on the prowl and looking to devour you. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Perhaps the first lie that you need to deal with is in the existence of a supernatural evil. See, the truth is we are in a spiritual battle. We have an enemy, and we are living out our lives in a war zone behind enemy lines. If we are struggling in our relationship with God, we often think the problem is either with me or with God. And rarely do we take time to focus our attention on what the enemy is up to or what lies we're believing. He is the father of lives. So it kind of works like this. If you're successful at something, he will tell you a lie and say, It was all you. You don't need these other people. You don't need God to make it happen. And if you fail at something, he will say, It was all your fault. You're never gonna to amount to anything. All you'll ever ever be is a failure. If you have a great first date, he will say, romance is really the only thing that's ever going to make you happy. If you have a terrible first date, he's going to lie and say that you're never going to find someone who's going to love you for you. Satan is trying to lock you in a prison of lies, but you are not his prisoner unless you choose to be. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we are free. Like Houdini's jail cell, the door is already open. The only thing keeping us locked inside is the lie. Uh, people used to think the earth was flat. Uh, and in fact, you can still find flat earthers all over the globe. Everybody, everybody catch up? Now, if you, if you believe you're going to fall off the planet you're not going to get too close to the shore. You're never going to travel the globe. And a lie believed as truth will affect us as if it were true. Many of us live in a prison of lies that we've believed. And perhaps that goes all the way back to our childhood. But Jesus said this in John 8:32. then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The replacement principle is this. We need to replace lies with truth. There are lies that you are believing, and the only way to conquer them is to identify them and then replace that with what is true. Now, when we did the thought audit, did a particular statement stand out to you? Was it worst-case scenarios? Was it keeping people at a distance? Was it worrying In order to begin this process of transformation, we need to identify that kind of problem. I struggle with worry, whatever it might be. Then we need to ask some probing questions. How far does this go back? Was there a moment in my life where it originated? And then we need to pinpoint what the lie is. Again, questions like, why am I doing this? When did this start? Is fear driving this? Is there a certain trigger that prompts this behavior? Now, just in our last series, uh, Steve shared his personal story about a struggle with finances and how through a process of prayer with a friend was able to identify an incident in his younger years having to do with peanut butter. For those of you who are there, you might remember this. And uh, again, he invited the spirit to speak in. The lie was identified. He invited God's truth in and was able to find um, inner healing through this process. Total transformation come, come to all of us when we allow God's truth to replace the lies that we've believed. So what lie is holding you hostage? What mistruth keeps you from taking a step of faith? What wrong thought patterns rob you of living a life of freedom and joy? As you ask your probing questions, pray for God to help you to pinpoint the lie at the root of your behavior or your pattern of thinking. Doing this with a close friend can be helpful. Uh, They can ask these questions to you and lead you through this process. But again, if you are the friend, let the person do the heavy lifting. Ask good, gentle questions and allow the Holy Spirit to speak the truth. So here's a few examples Of lies you might be believing. But allow the Holy Spirit to highlight for you what that might be. I'm not good enough. I'm always going to be alone. No one understands me. Or I can never change. Vulnerability is too costly. Money's the only thing that's really going to ever make me happy. Money's the only thing that's really ever going to protect me. My emotional needs are unimportant. Or I can't get close to God. I'm sure it's my fault. Or I'll never get out of debt. I'm not very good at relationships. So if the devil is the father of lies and if that's how he keeps us in a prison, how are we set free? The truth. After Jesus was baptized by John, uh, again in the desert, at the beginning kind of of Jesus' ministry, he went out into the desert and the devil tempted him for 40 days. And every time the devil hit Jesus with a lie, Jesus responded from the scripture. Jesus used the scripture to overcome The lies. These are famous lines, of course, from Jesus. It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Another lie comes. It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Truth fights back against lies. Here's another one in John 17, just before Jesus is arrested and then crucified, he's praying for his disciples and he says this, I have given them your word and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. He says this in John 17, 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We need to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We need to identify the lies, know the truth of Scripture, and then begin to declare it over and over again to ourselves and to others until it sticks. If you have identified the lie, or perhaps many lies, you are one step closer to transformation. But identifying the lie is not enough. You do need to know God's truth and live in light of that truth. And it takes time and work and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to change your life, you have to start by changing your thinking. We're going to come back to this pattern again and again over the next number of weeks. Lie. Truth. Declaration. Identify the lie. Understand God's truth. And make a declaration of that truth over and over again until it sticks. For example, lie. Lie. I'm a victim. Nothing good ever happens to me. Truth. If God is for us, who can be against us? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Declaration. God tells me that I'm not a victim. I'm a victor in Christ. I am an overcomer, and I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Here's one I've been thinking about lately in my own life personally. Here's the behavior or the thought. It's experiencing frustration with my children over a mess or a delay results. And then suddenly I am a harsh and impatient father. And the lie is my children should snap to attention with military precision at my every word and never inconvenience me. I had this experience already this morning. I went My children were not even awake. I went downstairs, and uh, after having a bit of a workout, I was going to have a shower, and I went to take hold of the towels that I had placed in the bathroom after doing the laundry yesterday, and all of the towels were gone. And so I was growling and grumping and marched out again into just the other area next to the bathroom where, of course, some fort building had been happening the day before. Here is the truth. So I was coming to my declaration early this morning already. Here's the truth. Children are a heritage from the Lord, and offspring, a reward from Him. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, and instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Here's a declaration I've been repeating as I've been preparing for this. I am a gentle and present father. I'm here to start them off on the right path and bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As we go on this journey together over the next four weeks, I believe that you can identify these lies that you have been believing. Find the truth in his word and that it'll bring you freedom as you declare it. Now, not all of you know God's truth. Some of you don't know the Bible very well. I encourage you to read it and in time it will read you. God will speak to you through it. And the truth will push back against the lies. Now perhaps you are not even a Christian here this morning. Can I welcome you to become one today? It's really quite simple. He's Lord and Savior. And you can put your faith in him. See, Jesus didn't come just to give people true sayings. He came to die on the cross in our place. To set us free from sin and death. And he invites everyone to put their faith in him as Lord and Savior so that we can experience eternal, abundant life, life in all of its fullness. If you're ready to put your faith in Jesus, even if you don't understand or know it all, you can pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Father, thank you that you love me and you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now help me live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you prayed that prayer with us for the first time, we would love to talk with you afterwards. Share that with the person perhaps that you came with. We'd love to talk with you about baptism, which is a public declaration of your faith, and give you resources to support you beginning to walk out your faith. I'll invite the worship team to come back out here, and uh, I have a few declarations I'd like to share with you as we close today. Over the next few weeks, you will have the chance to write out your own personal declarations that challenge the specific lies that you have believed. But for all our sakes, as we're just getting started, here are a few declarations that every believer can make. These are grounded in God's word and will help you begin to push back the lies that, you are keeping, that are keeping you captive. Would you stand with me as I read these out? You can echo these in your heart. You can even say them out loud if you want to. Let's take these in. These are true of anyone who is in Christ. I am strong and mighty I have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of me. I am a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. I am not my past. I am not what I did. I am who God says I am. And he says I'm forgiven. He says I'm redeemed. He says I am free. I am not a hostage to unhealthy thoughts. The weapons I fight with are not the weapons of this world. I have divine power to demolish strongholds. I have the mind of Christ directing my thoughts. I have the word of God guiding my steps. I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not my master. I trust in God and his peace guards my heart. It guards my mind and guards my soul in Christ Jesus. My God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. I'm not a slave to my habits. I'm not a prisoner to an addiction. I have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. I am empowered, I am chosen, I am called, I am a masterpiece of God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for me to do. My God will bless me abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all I need, I will abound in every good work. My God is for me, my God is with me, and no weapon formed against me will prosper." nothing can separate me from God's love not death, not demons, not the present nor the past nor power on earth will ever separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord by God's power I can change my life belongs to God daily I will seek him and daily he will direct my paths I know his voice and he leads me in his perfect will My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because His Spirit lives with me and I can do everything He calls me to do. If we live in the light of the truth, we have every reason to rejoice, to be thankful, to find comfort, to experience God's peace. I'm going to read that scripture that we started with and then we're going to worship. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen.